Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 2. Hello, America. Welcome. It's Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, I want to play you some of the audio from the Brett Bear interview beyond the, 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 the issues uh, of the classified documents. There were a couple of things that stood out. Uh, one of them is this is a, I actually laughed through this as Brett Bear was going through the Trump insults, but you know, he doubled down again yesterday. This is something that the DeSantis team is already coming after him over. Uh, the DeSantis team is, has, uh, really hit Trump hard on appointing Christopher Ray to head the FBI and on Tony Fauci being as powerful as he was and Deborah Burks. But uh, Trump doubles down again in the Brett Bear interview with he only hires the best people. And there was this remarkably hilarious exchange. Okay. In 2016, you said that. I'm going to surround myself with only the best and most serious people. Well, I did do that. This and we time, had tremendous look. We had the best economy we've ever had. This the world time has ever seen. Your vice president, Mike Pence, is running against you. Yeah. Your ambassador to the United Nations, Nikki Haley, she's running against you. Your former Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, said he's not supporting you. You mentioned National Security Advisor John Bolton. He's not supporting you either. You mentioned Attorney General Bill Barr. Uh, says you shouldn't be president again. Uh, calls you the consummate narcissist and troubled man. You recently called and uh, bar a, a gutless pig. Uh, your second defense secretary is not supporting you. Called you irresponsible. This week, you and your White House called your White House chief of staff, John Kelly, weak and ineffective and born with a very small brain. You called your acting White House chief of staff, Mick Mulvaney, a born loser. You called your first secretary of state, Rex Tillerson, dumb as a rock. And your first defense secretary, James Madison, as the world's most overrated general. You called your White House press secretary, Kayla Kennedy, milk toast, and multiple times you've referred to your transportation secretary, Elaine Chao, as Mitch McConnell's China-loving wife. So why did you hire all of them in the first place? <laughs> I just, I had to laugh. I, I, you know, this is in, this does get to the fact that the U.S. attorney who handles the Hunter Biden matter as a Trump appointee, and it was Jeff Sessions, his attorney general, who didn't prosecute Hillary Clinton. Um, I just you, you do have to count for this, but this is the this is the more troubling one. And it, it, I, I listen. This is I know, I know, I know. You, you, you people get very defensive when you criticize the former president, when you suggest maybe he should do something a different way. It's it's there's a there's a lot of defensiveness out there. A defensiveness, I, I think, that if he was in as strong a position as he was, wouldn't be there. But this is, I, I gotta, I'm gonna play you this exchange. This is not about the 2020 election, except it is for him, and that's the problem. Listen to this. Wasn't with you in 2020, and so far is a hard no for you in 2024. But what do you say to that? At the right polls, what, what do you say to that female independent suburban voter who feels that way to win her back? First of all, I won in 2020 by a lot. Okay, you let's know, get that straight. I won in 2020. You know that. This, and if you look at all of the tapes, if the you look at shows. everything that you want to look at, you take a look at Truth to Vote, where they have people stuffing the ballot boxes on tapes, or Mr. President, let's go to recent. Well, wait a minute. Let's go to recent. 
FBI Twitter. Let's go to recent. The 51 agents, all corrupt stuff, Brett. Understand about the all, Hunter Biden, well, no, but all that's cheating fair on things. The election. But yeah, that's cheating on the election. You lost the 2020 election. Uh, Brett, uh, you take a look at all of the stuff ballots. You take a look at all of the things, including things like the 51 intelligence there, agents. There were recounts in all of the swing states. There was not significant right, widespread. We're trying fraud. to get recounts, real recounts, not just numbers of votes. Widespread cast. corruption. There was not a sense of that. There were lawsuits, more than 50 of them, by your lawyers. Some in front of Freddie, judges, Freddie. judges that you appointed. Look at Wisconsin. That came out with Wisconsin no evidence. Is, Wisconsin has practically admitted it was rigged. Others states are doing the same right now and it's continuing on it was a of every election. potential case of voter fraud in six battleground states and they found fewer than 475 cases you know why because they didn't effective. look at the right things okay Brett. are you going they to were be counting they were counting ballots not the authenticity of the ballot the ballots were fake ballots you had this asked, was a very rigged are election. you going to go this is how you're going to tell that independent suburban no, woman no, voter no. we're, to vote we're for off you. to winning an election and i think we're winning very well okay one of the data points that comes up in the polling that donald trump himself is citing there is that voters even voters who believe the 2020 election was stolen are tired of talking about the 2020 election. Everybody, Trump supporters and Trump opponents, Trump agnostics, everybody's tired of relitigating 2020. Whether you think it was stolen or not, everybody's tired of arguing and squabbling about it, except Donald Trump. In 2022, 13% of Republicans, this is not according to the opinion polling, this is according to the exit polling, which is pretty precise. 13% of Republicans and a majority of independent voters sided with the incumbent White House party for the first time since 2002, largely because of their frustrations over Trump's insistence on 2020 being stolen and wanting to move away from that. That's a data point. It's a data point derived from exit polling, and exit polling is derived from real-time surveys of the voters going to the polls, and then you take the voter rolls, and you see how many black people, how many white people, how many old people, how many young people, how many Republicans, how many Democrats, uh, male, female, you name it, adjust to that sample of who actually voted, and you get a pretty accurate snapshot of what happened based on real-time, real-world interviews at the polling locations. You find the people who voted early, and you go survey those people, see if they'll sit for a survey as well. So you get the early voting in there. You get the, the same-day polling. Exit polling is pretty pretty good polling because you're dealing with the people who actually did vote and what they actually thought, whether early or or real-time. And 13% of Republicans voted with the independents for the Democrats in large part because of this. And, and what this comes on the heels of is Brett Baer asking Donald Trump, what are you going to do to get the independent suburban women to come vote for you? And what he chooses to do is relitigate the 2020 issue instead of talking about the independent suburban women who he lost in 2020 and 2018 and 2022. How do you get them back? This is the profound problem for the Trump team that they've got to come up with an answer for. 
you've got a lot of people who are exhausted by Joe Biden, but they are not repelled by Joe Biden. And you have a lot of independent voters, particularly women in the suburbs, who are not just turned off by Donald Trump, but repelled by Donald Trump. But it's not just them, it's men too. Married white women actually went for Donald Trump over Joe Biden in 2020. Married white women went for Donald Trump. The problem is it was like 51, 49, 52, 48, somewhere in there. Normally it's like 60, 40. But it was married white men in the suburbs who walked away from Donald Trump. How do you get those people back? You know, I have said uh, the entire election season that Mike Pence has to answer a question no one else except for maybe Nikki Haley has to answer, but really Mike Pence, more than anyone else, has a question he has to answer, which is why you, not your boss, but for Donald Trump, you would not have been vice president of the United States, so why should Americans choose you over the man who made you vice president of the United States? And Mike Pence's answer on the campaign trail of late has been because on January 6th, Donald Trump asked me to choose him over the Constitution, and I chose the Constitution over him, and every day since, it's been about the Constitution. That's Mike Pence's answer. January 6th changed everything for him. It's about defending the Constitution. That's why he's running, because Donald Trump always wants people to pick him, not the rule of law, not the Constitution, not the United States, but Trump. That's his answer. Donald Trump has a question he's got to answer that nobody else on the campaign trail on either side has to answer, which is in 2020, you lost the suburbs. How do you get those suburban voters to come back to you when you lost them in 2020? And in 2022, they voted against every single one of your candidates in Arizona, in Georgia, in Pennsylvania, in Wisconsin, in Michigan, in Nevada, your guys all lost. Republicans you didn't back one, Republicans you backed lost. How do you get those people to come back to you? Mike Pence doesn't have to answer that question. Joe Biden doesn't have to answer that question. Ron DeSantis doesn't have to answer that question. Tim Scott, Nikki Haley, nobody has to answer that question except Donald Trump. And when given the opportunity by Brett Baer, he wants to relitigate 2020 and claim he didn't lose. And I'm fine if you think he actually won and it was stolen, but independent voters in the suburbs disagree with you. And just as they can't convince you it wasn't stolen, you can't convince convince them it was. So what argument do you use to bring them back? This is just the raw politics reality of trying to beat Joe Biden. Do you want to beat the other Republicans or do you want to beat Joe Biden? Because you can beat the Republicans and lose to Joe Biden. And the goal of any election is to win the general election, not just the primary. When given the opportunity by Brett Baer to address how to win back independent female voters, he wanted to relitigate 2020. That's not a winning message to get them back. I'm sure he can find a winning message. But Lord Almighty, you got to find that message and get off 2020. The polling 
whether you like it or not, the trends are what you need to pay attention to because the trends, if they hold up and are pretty consistent. In 2022, we saw the trend towards the Democrats, and it turned out to be true. A lot of us, myself included, didn't believe it. We believed the Trafalgar polling and the Republican polling, which turned out to be wrong and was misleading all of us. The polling trend shows even Trump voters are really exhausted at this point by Trump. So how do you convince independent voters who you lost in 2020 and in 2018 and in 2022 they went for the Democrats? How do you convince them to come back to you? Why bother if you're just going to lose and give Joe Biden a second term? You've got to have that answer. Why you, not him? And a lot of these voters who are focus grouped, they are surveyed, they are talked to, they don't want either candidate, but if forced to pick between the two, they go with Joe Biden. So how do you convince them to come to you? That's a question nobody but Mike, nobody but Donald Trump has to answer. And thus far, he has not given an answer. He needs to work on that answer. He's got to persuade these people if he wants to win. Have you ever wished you could become an even more effective conservative advocate? Like, uh, who could you rely on to give you the knowledge and information you need to make more persuasive arguments, how to knock on doors, how to show up at your local city council, or to meet your state legislator to advocate for small government. Americans for Prosperity can help you. They train you to be a better conservative activist, to grow the movement and fight for small government around the country from the local level to the federal level. And they put points on the board. Over 200 legislative victories in the past year alone advocating for smaller government and reduced regulation. Americans for Prosperity wants you on their team. You can join them at americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. americansforprosperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K. They've got over 30 chapters around the country in states. They're growing new ones all the time. Be a part of a movement for small government with americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. Go check them out today. Hello there. How are you? It's Eric Erickson here. The phone number 877-973-7425. If you want to be on the program, listen, 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 listen. Y'all know my views on Trump and the future and the past for that matter. I do my very best to call things as I see it. And if you disagree, I have a phone number. And you can call and we can chat about it. But the angry, outraged emails uh, of I, I'm not seeing things rationally, y'all, I'm I'm doing my very best to point out to you problems that are overcome, that, that can be overcome, uh, and the weaknesses and arguments on both sides. But there, I... I it is easier to not talk about the issue of Donald Trump than to be honest and candid about how you see the situation because people get very, very angry on both sides. It is a no-win situation. You defend Donald Trump, you get attacked by one side. You criticize him, you get attacked by the other side. More than anyone else in politics, it is a very fascinating dynamic. I, for the longest time, have been a huge advocate of the news media just simply stop covering him. You don't like him. You think he's a threat to democracy, so just stop covering him. It's just remarkable. Um, it, it is remarkable, though, uh, how how people react uh, when, when you point this stuff out. 
Um, here, here's one of the, here's one. Uh, I realize you hate Trump. He owns your mind and attention. It's a freaking news interview last night. Just like he owns the minds of everyone else, but he's not our president and the other liberal media organizations give him attention. Exactly. They gave him huge attention yesterday. I think it's your duty as a conservative outlet to only cover the crimes of Joe and Hunter Biden. Really? There's a presidential race on. Should I devote my entire show every day to just that? Um, uh, uh, oh my goodness gracious! Um, it it um, I just I'm 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 baffled. If you don't talk about him, you get hate from Trump supporters that you're ignoring him. If you do talk about him and you they don't like the way you talk about him, you're obsessed with him. If you talk about him and defend something he's done, you get hate from the left. Uh, there, it's just I understand why so many people would prefer to avoid the issue altogether. But the fact of the matter is he sat for an interview with Brett Baer on Fox News last night and when asked how he was going to woo independent women to his side, did not have an answer for it, instead chose to relitigate the 2020 election. If you're mad about me covering that, don't be mad about what he said. It's just the reality. I mean, you got to beat Joe Biden. Screaming about 2020 isn't the way to beat Joe Biden. It's just not. So you got to find a path forward or maybe a path around. All the other candidates are trying. I suspect, by the way, that some of them are getting some help from Democrats, whether they know it or not. And I'll get into that. I'll take your phone calls when we come back, 877-973-7425. Before I get to anything else, though, i got to tell you about Vision Computers. Uh, Vision Computers can build your um, computer for you or your office. They can, well, I mean, listen, if you need tech support for your office, they can take over your tech support. If you want to build a PC for your kid, like I, I built my kid a game. Well, I didn't build it. I let gaming or vision computer build a gaming PC. They got him exactly what he needed and wanted and made it upgradable. So as his needs change, we don't have to buy a whole new computer. We can just swap parts, add parts, whatever we need. It was great, and their customer service and tech support have been fantastic for him. They can do the same thing for your business, though, so they can build your business's computers, and then they can be the tech support, so email set up, printer set up, all that sort of stuff. They can do it. All you got to do is call them, 404-COMPUTE, anywhere in the United States of America. You can call 404-COMPUTE. They can help you many times remotely with tech support. Uh, they can build your computers for you. They can save you some money. They can be your IT. 404-COMPUTE or visioncomputers.com. If you call 404-COMPUTE, ask about the Eric Erickson special, and they can save you some great money. All righty. I'll take some phone calls, 877-973-7425. Let's see. First up, Stella, you're going to be next. Welcome to the show. How are you? Yes, hi. Uh, I'm good, thank you, and I, I just love your show. I'm glad I found you because you're just so spot on about really everything thank you um i wanted to my this is my own way of thinking right now i'm one of those people that has just gotten trump fatigue you know his base um his real base of supporters i feel like they think he can walk on water that's just how you know i see it and um that's not how i see him he was a good president i don't like biden at all um, and the thing is that I'm just so tired. If, if we if we have to look forward to just these same two people that are, again, going to run for president, it's just 
again, I believe that if that's the case, Biden may win again if he's still able to run. But it's just I'm so tired of these things, too, that, you know, and the Trump fatigue in my case is getting so bad that, you know, I don't even want to listen. I don't even want to hear his voice anymore. On the <laughs> you, you know, OK, so, so I've got to tell you, I, you know, we research the audience and I, I look at a lot of the opinion polling, and the the fatigue factor is real, even among a lot of his supporters who they really they're they're just kind of they want to talk about other stuff. Um, there's no common ground to be found much anymore. It, it's a point of contention, and people are ready to move on. And and what I find most notable is that among female voters who lean conservative. They don't necessarily consider themselves Republicans, but they do consider themselves conservatives. They are some of the most exhausted voters in the country, and it sounds like you're one of them, that they don't like either guy and wish they would just go away. Yes, I am conservative. You're right. Yeah, I just wish they would just both go away. You know, enough is enough. We need some new blood and someone who doesn't constantly, you know, like you uh, stated earlier, Every time he's done an interview, he just talks about what he did when he was president. Oh, like we know, but now you've got to talk about different issues. Like you know, do just do something fresh. Say something new, something fresh. It's like eating the same food every day for years. After a while, you're like, you know what? I'd rather not eat at all. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's a good way to put it. Enough. As someone who's <laughs> trying to diet, that's a very good way to put it. <laughs> Yeah, listen, I appreciate the call very much. Thank you. Uh, and, and yeah, this, this is ultimately the issue of how do you get someone like Stella to reengage? And if I could offer a constructive piece of advice, stop talking about whether you think it was stolen or not. Stop talking about it. What are you going to do in the future? You know, uh, Ann Richards lost to George W. Bush in 1994. Uh, and most people didn't see it coming. It was a it was a major thing in Texas for George Bush to win in '94. Texas was considered, uh, though trending to the right statewide, still locked in for the Democrats. And in the '94 wave, that changed. And in '96, uh, Bill Clinton recalls the story of of Ann Richards calling him and telling him he was going to lose his reelection in '96 because he kept talking about what he had done for people not what he wanted to do for people. And voters want to hear what's next. They don't want to hear what you've done. They don't want to hear the past. And he, he was actually uh, getting a run for his money from Bob Dole in 96, and then he pivoted, re-messaged, started talking about the future and beat Bob Dole. And that that's kind of a lesson for every candidate is what are you going to do in the future? And as long as the former president hangs on to what he did in the past and not what he's going to do in the future – that's guaranteed to not bring independent women back to him. So, Mr. President, uh, stop relitigating 2020. You're not going to change people's minds on it at this point, one way or the other, but you can change their minds about you based on what you talk about as far as your views on the future and what to do in the future. Back to the phones. Daniel, welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, Eric. Actually, was uh, I'm out uh, working for American for prosperity, knocking on doors today. Well done. Yes, uh, uh, I've hit about 50 doors so far today. Um, And uh, one of the ladies that I actually ran across to, she said, you know the difference between my child, my baby, who's a toddler, and Donald Trump? Well, my child eventually stops crying when he doesn't get his way. And 
And I just said, oh, yeah, I can understand. I said the difference between him and Donald Trump. I was. Hey, um, and so a couple of the questions I asked him, one of the questions I asked him, I said, who would you consider for uh, the presidential nomination uh, for the Republican ticket in 2024 during the presidential primary? And they're like, I'm not. The one lady said, I'm simply a couple of things she said to me. She said, I'm simply not going to vote for him because he keeps crying about 2020. And two, he ran for president in 2016 and won. He ran, he ran in 2020 and lost. He's running again. She goes, she goes, it's just time to turn the page. She goes, nine out of the other 10 candidates that are running on the Republican you know, stage to want to try to become president. Uh, she goes, are talking about the future, not what's in the past. And she even butchers the name. She goes, that Swami guy. She goes, I'd rather throw my vote to him than President Trump because he just keeps whining. So that's just uh, – that's what I keep hearing over and over as I'm out door knocking and canvassing for AFP. They're just tired of him talking about the past. And like, like the other lady said, let's move forward. One lady even told me, she said, I would rather even have a guy like Brian Kemp running for the United States Senate and – I tweeted that back out, or I messaged that to Brian Kemp, and she said, go back and tell that lady we need to focus on 2024, then we'll talk about 26 when this is over. Yeah, so, anyway. good for him. Okay, wait, 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 but before you hang up, um, before you hang up, I, I feel compelled to tell people this is not a paid placement for AFP. You, you just, you actually are working for him out there. Oh, he already hung up, Daniel. <laughs> yeah, let, let me just say, let, let me just say that, um, that Daniel has called the show before, and and he actually is one of the people, when I talk about AFP and what they do, one of the things they do is they hire people to be door knockers. They've got a massive nationwide campaign knocking on doors, trying to figure out the pulse of voters, and uh, Daniel got a job for him and is out there knocking. And it is fascinating to actually hear uh, the real-world uh, summations of particularly female voters right now who are such a swing category. And particularly, uh, Daniel's in Georgia, and uh, the area of the state where he's knocking is a, a swingy area, and... The, the Republicans and Democrats are all going to make a play for those voters. And so you got to be able to figure out how do I connect to these guys uh, and to these voters so that they can come my way, that they have permit. So a lot of people will talk. I, I don't like using the phrase because it sounds a lot like new agey treaties of the permission structure, permission structure. But it is the way some people operate. People have an idea of something they think they should do in their own self-interest. However, they believe that they need a, a permission structure to get there, that someone needs to give them license to do it. And sometimes it would be, for example, for a Trump voter, Donald Trump saying, you know what? you can go vote for this person and that's their permission structure. Or it's the other candidate trying to convince them, you know, I can do what you want him to do, but without all the other problems. And it creates a permission structure for someone to leave where they are and go somewhere else that they think they want to go, but they just can't bring themselves to do it without permission. And that's one of the things that the candidates are focus grouping right now is how do they create permission structures for voters who are sympathetic to Trump to leave him, whether or not they're successful or not, I don't know. I will say it's notable, though, that in uh, several polls that have come out now, including the CNN poll today, Trump is starting to trend down below 50 percent for the first time in a while. It'll see. We'll see if that stays. Um, I don't know whether it will or not won't. I mean, if the election were held tomorrow, Donald Trump is the Republican nominee. That's just a statement of fact. And those of you who don't like him need to come to terms with the fact if the election were held tomorrow. 
he would be the nominee. But for the other candidates, the election's not tomorrow. So how do they get a shift in the next several months to make that not inevitable? Back to the Volans guy. You're going to be up next. Welcome to the show. Yes, uh, I, I have a comment, and I'd like to hear your opinion on it. Thank you so much for taking my call. Sure. Um, I'm a long-time long listener, first-time call. Excellent. In my, in my opinion, and just help me if I'm wrong here, uh, there's a senator that has uh, that had the stroke, and thank thank God he's doing well, but he has a hard time communicating. Mm-hmm. But the Democratic Party, they want him there for his vote. To vote yes. on the the Democrat Democratic uh, agenda, the same thing with Biden. They know we can't do the job, but he will push their agenda. So yes. my question is this: We talk about the man. We don't like this man. We like that guy. Uh, but when the rubber meets the road, isn't it about the agenda? We may have to hold our nose and put put somebody conservative in the office that we really don't like. But at the end of the day, we really need this conservative agenda. And to me, that's more important than the man. No, that's well said. Uh, I agree with you that the agenda, particularly one that advances conservatism, is good. The problem for you and me, though, is there is this group of people that are called independent voters, and some of them have the audacity to call themselves moderates, which means they don't really stand for anything. Now, that always insults moderates when I say that, but it's kind of true. They want to be wooed. And so you and I want a conservative agenda pass, but it's not enough for us to find someone who can advance the conservative agenda. They've got to woo enough of the independents and moderates to get themselves elected. And the bottom line is this is about beating Joe Biden. So if we want our agenda uh, advanced, we got to find a conservative who can, in the general election, persuade moderates and independents to vote for them. Uh, You conservatives can't do it alone. We conservatives have ideas we wish to advocate for. We tend to believe in gutting the federal government, deregulating, cutting taxes, uh, supporting the free market, letting parents have the say over their children's lives, control over their children's lives, and letting people be rugged individualists. If we want that to advance, we've got to find a candidate who shares our values, but that candidate has to be able to persuade independents and moderates. There are not enough of us alone to get someone elected president. When you combine with the independents and the moderates who lean towards the GOP, there are. But you got to persuade those people to do it. Got to persuade those people to come in our direction. And that is my ultimate concern with the former president. Having lost those people, how does he persuade them to come back? It tends to be easier to have a fresh face who can persuade people as opposed to an old face just because of inertia. You know, the rule of inertia, it applies in politics as it does in physics. Things in motion tend to stay in motion. The things at rest tend to stay at rest unless a force is applied. Uh, people who have moved away from Trump tend to stay away from Trump unless a force is applied. Um, but it's less force of application needed for someone who's a fresh face to get those people to them. Uh, it's just physics and politics. And you got to understand how that applies. Uh, once a person becomes alienated from a candidate, it is hard for that candidate to woo them back. It's like trust. It is very hard to earn someone's trust and very easy to lose their trust. And once you've lost it, it's extremely hard to get it back. So the former president has to find a way 
to get those people back to him. And the reality for Republican voters in the primary is it may actually be easier to find a fresh face to get those voters back than to rely on the former president uh, just because uh, those people have already moved away from him. And so the investment to get them back becomes more costly. It's just a matter of political calculation. Now, one of the groups that's trying to help get people on our side and move people to the right is Patriot Mobile. In fact, they've been doing this at the local level, school board races of all things, and they've been very successful, so successful, the left is attacking them. Their model is very simple. If you go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric and you move your cell phone service to Patriot Mobile, you get guaranteed great service, probably using the same cell towers you're already using. And then as they grow their profits, they designate a percentage of the profits to the conservative movement. They've run campaigns. They have uh, run people for office. They have done it quite successfully. They have supported the pro-life movement, conservative causes around the country, and they do it with your help by you moving your business to them. Now, you can call them as well. You can call 972-PATRIOT, tell them I sent you. You get free activation with my name, or just go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric. If you go to patriotmobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K, you'll see their coverage map. You can zoom into your house, put in your address, zoom in, see how good the 5G, the data, the voice, everything is. And again, they're probably using the same cell towers you're already using. So go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric or call them 972-PATRIOT. All right. It becomes a contentious subject, but one last phone call on the subject. Ed, you're going to be the last caller. Welcome. Ed? You there? Ah, Ed, you were going to be the guy I was going to rely on for the last word on Trump, and you're not there now. That's all right. I'll still take phone calls. We're just, we'll move on from the Trump stuff. I mean, and again, this is the the part of the issue here. It's hard to have a conversation that isn't polarizing on that, which is kind of a a big red flag here, uh, that that there's a problem with the election uh, and with wooing voters to that side when it's that contentious uh, and people get that defensive. And that that should say something to you that when you get calls from from I mean, we had the one lady from New York State uh, who called and is a conservative, but is tired of both of them. The polling reflects that uh, there's just it, it becomes very problematic uh, moving forward. How do you bring these independents back? And you got to find a path. Now, there will be Trump supporters who say, well, how do you get me? I'm only voting for Donald Trump. Yes, but if we're brutally honest about it, there are fewer of you. That's what Trump voters said in Georgia as well with the Brian Kemp-Stacey Abrams race, and many of them still decided to vote for Brian Kemp over Stacey Abrams, and some of them did sit home, and it didn't matter. Kemp still won. Uh, There are far more independents willing to sit it out than there are of those of you who say, uh, it's my way or the highway. Um, you just, these, these are the things that you got to come to terms with. And people get mad when you point it out. I, I get, you should see the hate mail I'm getting today from people who are very angry, but it's just a reality, um, that you have to deal with and you got to provide an answer to, uh, I don't make the rules. I'm just telling you the truth, whether you want to hear it or not. When we come back though, I want to move on because the Biden administration continues to botch the rollout of a situation in China. Uh, and I really, you know what, in, in, I'm, I'm going to start the next hour instead on RFK and some of the trends. And, and I had a couple of topics I couldn't get to today because of this, uh, the Hunter Biden news. We shifted stuff around. But the narcissism 
of the left-wing elite and the Robert Kennedy campaign for president, I might as well weave these things together because there's a lot to be said on both. The amount of conspiracy theorizing from Robert Kennedy, uh, the people online who have fallen in love with him from the right, uh, if they knew where he stood on the issues, they probably wouldn't. And then you got these narcissists on the left who, do you know they've added autism to the pride flag? Autism uh, to the pride flag. It's, it is remarkable. It's remarkable um, how they've woven all these things together. I, uh, we'll, 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 we'll get into all of it uh, when we come back.